You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Is, is pushing referees over a <laughs> cultural fit in Edmonton? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, the horse is dead. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! Oh, baby, it's week one. We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Yes, it is week one of the CFL season, but I guess the final week of Tokyo 2020. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've watched everything that's happened. We're coming off the big win. Canada's uh, women's soccer team beating the Americans one nothing. so that was awesome. Uh, that's hey, only in the hey, semi. Hey, Megan Rapinoe, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on, Ty. I, I, I watch these events with, I guess, different mm-hmm. eyeballs than I used to. I'm just like, I'm wondering if I could succeed at any of them. And the answer is... No. <laughs> like, I watch kayak slalom. I'm like, no, I'd uh, drown in uh, 35 seconds. I watch the uneven yeah. barms. I'm like, no, I would uh, rip my left arm right out of its socket. <laughs> yep. Is there any of these that you could maybe pass at? <laughs> well, okay, now define pass. Well, <laughs> just be able to even execute. <laughs> Golf's an Olympic sport. Actually, yeah, you could golf. You're right. Uh, bullpen catcher <laughs> uh, or coaching third base. Hey, if you're an Olympian, you're an Olympian, right? Well, the caddies don't get medals. <laughs> they don't? No, the caddies don't. But the person, uh, what do you what do you call the person that yet that's on the back of the, uh, when they're doing crew that's yelling at them? Yeah. They get a medal. Oh, and the rowing. So so tell me how that makes sense. Caddies are people too. Not only that, but I mean without a caddy, a professional golfer I don't I'm not gonna say they're not that good, but a caddy puts in a lot of work for them. They they, they actually contribute to the success. Yes. Unlike my father did raising me. <laughs> I was wondering how you were gonna get there, but you did. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, you're in mid-season form, my friend. Mid-season form. (laughs) This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta. Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a good life in an equally good society? One where people, business, and the environment can flourish? Well, Alberta Better, a podcast by the Business Council of Alberta, is on a journey to understand what it takes to create a good life here in Alberta and how we, as Albertans, businesses, and governments can shape our society so everyone prospers. Find new episodes of Alberta Better on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. New episodes drop every other Tuesday. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out Podcast. 
All right. We are in week one, but uh, we start the show with uh, sad news, learning that uh, 39-year-old former CFL player Lynn J. Shell has passed away. Uh, complications from COVID-19, 39 years old, played with the Argos, the Lions, the Stamps, the Bombers, and it appears that I mean, just the way that people have been talking about him, just universally loved in the locker room and by fans. Mm-hmm. He ended up retiring to go coach high school football at home in Florida. Everybody that crossed paths with him just loved him. Right, and I mean, for somebody to be talked like that, or about like that, and then, you know, it kind of shows up in his personal life, like you said, retires and goes and coaches high school football. I mean, people don't do that for the money. Exactly. They they love the game and giving back. That's yeah. That's good to see. So that's just sad, sad news. And we also learned that the co-owner of the Montreal Alouettes, Sid Spiegel, has uh, passed away, who owns the team with his son-in-law, Gary Stern. Uh, never got to see the Alouettes play uh, while an owner of the team. So uh, that's a tough news heading into the season for the Alouettes. It was a cut-down day in the CFL on Friday. <laughs> I, I guess, Ty, and I think you'll agree, may, maybe the most surprising thing is that the Argos basically kept everybody. That makes no sense. <laughs> I, I don't. I honestly do not know how it works. I, I have nothing to add to that. No. <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. I mean, we're getting injury reports now. Maybe eventually we can get... You know, contract and cap info because up, something's up. I, yeah, I just don't you know, see I think a lot of CFL fans are with you there. We did learn that Vontae Diggs get, did get cut by the Elks, but look at that. Already signed in Toronto. <laughs> like, what are we doing? How does, there's no way. <laughs> he was Edmonton's. Uh, rookie of the year candidate in 2019. He's still only 25. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got solid upside, but maybe just not a cultural fit in Edmonton. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> hey, maybe Sean Lemon wasn't a cultural fit in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that locker room must be pretty toxic. <laughs> the Elks are probably going all Canadian at defensive end, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Uh, you know, and that gives them a little more flexibility in the secondary. It's because you know teams uh, are, especially in, especially in this league, that you know your secondary has to be pretty strong because teams are going to be airing the ball out. Absolutely, uh, that's what it's going to be. But I mean, Matthew Betts, Quaku uh, Boateng on the defensive mm-hmm. line—that that's kind of what it looks like but, they're going to roll with. And it, and it doesn't sound terrible either. No. No, nope. like they're not. They're not starting them for the for just the sake of starting them because they're Canadians under the roster. They're starting them because they're more than capable. Dakota Prukop ended up getting cut by Calgary. Edmonton already signing him there. It, it appears that he had a great camp in Calgary. He almost made it as the backup. Dave Dickinson just kind of mm-hmm. said it was a gut gut call there, but that means we've got two Canadian quarterbacks on rosters here. One, Michael O'Connor with the Stampeders, and Nathan Rourke with the BC Lions, mm-hmm. and if BC's offensive line is anything like last year, maybe he gets some Rourke's time. going to see some time. <laughs> but, I mean, Bo Levi Mitchell missed seven games in 2019 as well. Yep. 
That that is also fair. I mean, I don't think teams are keeping them just because they're Canadian, like we said with you know Boateng and stuff like that. Um, they've obviously shown something where they're where they're capable for that spot. And if push comes to shove and they need to play, I mean, that being said as well, are they going to be on the game day rosters yet? We don't know. We won't know that till you know later this week because uh, that could be a sticking point too. Teams are going to carry three quarterbacks. Uh, but one's going to be on the practice roster come game day. So, I mean, that's still yet to be seen. It does seem like there are still some uh, veterans that could be available here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chris Kasher, one of them, uh, released by the Lions a few days ago. Thaddeus Coleman is still out there, and Naaman Roosevelt is out there as well. The Coleman one, uh, the fact that he's still available is still kind of surprising to me. (laughs) Especially with some of the offensive line issues around the league right now. And you did mention if those quarterbacks would make a game day roster, the two Canadians there. And, well, I mean, Rourke, it looks like he will. It does look like he won yeah. the backup job. Not sure about O'Connor, but the 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 rosters do look a little bit different this year. Teams can opt to dress 43 or 44 players. And a total of two of the players for opening week identified must be quarterbacks. Now, some teams, it'll be interesting to see how they manage this. A third one can be dressed, but listed, for example, as a receiver or something like that. So Brad Sinopoli or Armani Edwards. Right. And uh, maybe... I.E. Yeah. Maybe a Nick Marshall in uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so there's some secret weapons there. Uh, rosters, you know, they must contain a m- minimum of 20 Canadian players, but there's a wrinkle uh, on the practice roster. You can have 10 practice roster players, but a new thing, I think, just for this season, the COVID, the border restrictions, all that, the CFL practice roster, how it works is that each club must carry five players, one American offensive lineman, one American DB or linebacker, one American receiver or running back, one American defensive lineman, and then one specialist or a global. So basically, it's like these players, they just practice with their CFL sport. They're allowed to basically poach you, right? And then Mm -hmm. (laughs) if somebody poaches one of your guys from the CFL PR, they must be replaced within a week. So that's what the Stampeders did with Sean Lemon, bringing him in. They put him on that CFL practice roster it's just like one of those COVID things that it's not going to last past that. Uh, but this is probably just to keep these guys, you know, practiced up and hopefully have players available without too much quarantining <laughs> if a team ends up in yeah. a bind. And I think that's the biggest part, right? That there's going to be guys available for teams if they've run into some trouble. Yeah. Uh, where they don't have to get guys, you know, in a hotel for a week uh, before they can play. That being said, hey, Ottawa, maybe start looking at receivers on other teams' practice rosters because you need some help. (laughs) And the new thing for this year is injury reports. And we've seen the first from Hamilton and Winnipeg because they play on Thursday. We already know that Jeremiah Mazzoli will be the starting quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I just think... It was his job to lose. They're paying him starter money. He had the job before he got hurt in 2019. That's what it is. You're not paying him 475 k to carry a clipboard. No. If Evans won that job, they would have to move Mazzoli yeah. and not pay him that, right? 
Yeah, I would think so. And then, you know, they would bring in, like, then they'd have that room on the cap, right? But I, like you said, it was his job to lose the way he was playing. Like, I mean, the, the interceptions were, you know, leaving something to be desired, that TD to interception ratio before he got hurt. Uh, but, you know, the team was winning games, and he was, you know, a huge part of that. Uh, he, he comes back, and if he's at 100% healthy, there's there's no way that you that he's not your starter. That being said, if they win a great cup at home this year, you let him walk because he'll be 34, and you have a 28-year-old backup that has proved in a small sample size that he's capable. See what happens. But, I mean, you're not going to keep this group together forever. So, I mean, at some point you're going to have to cut ties. And I think if they win, I think that's a, that'll be the time they do it. I, I just I, I was not surprised when they announced this at all. There's some big uh, names that might be missing week one for Winnipeg. One of them, Andrew Harris, has not practiced so far this week. Mm. Darvin Adams that's, that's a shame. hasn't either. So... <laughs> that's uh, two big blows to the Winnipeg offense. As for but, Hamilton, does 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 Winnipeg have a quarterback on the team that can stretch the field to Darvin Adams anyway? So I mean, hey, I, does, I, does it really matter? I haven't watched uh, uh, Bombers practice, but I still remember that play that Kalaros pulled off uh, in the playoffs against uh, Calgary or late in the season against Calgary, and I'm like, ooh. Because <laughs> if that's the Caleros we see, the rest of the West is in trouble. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> As for Hamilton, Braylon Addison, banged up knee. Tunde Adelike, mm-hmm. he's got hamstring problems. Uh, and uh, Devere Proposi has already been uh, ruled out with the calf injury for that week one. one. Trade Masoli. Season's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, blame him, eh? <laughs> Well, I mean, you're not going to win with those guys out. Might as well trade Masoli and just start the rebuild. <laughs> Last week, we previewed the East. Well, let's start with the West. In 2019, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders finished first. It was the second time they did it in over four decades. It's just crazy Embarrassing. how that doesn't happen. <laughs> For the green and white, uh, they did have 13 wins, lost in the West Final with a hurt Cody Fajardo, and their over-under on wins set for the season is 8.5. And, and who uh, set that line, Ty? Uh, sports Interaction, but I'm not going to bet there because they want me to send my ID in before I can deposit more money, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> now, if we look at the Riders roster... A lot of changes, especially on the defensive side of the ball, tie. Yeah, Charleston Hughes gone. I mean, wrong side of 30, but he was still producing like crazy uh, when it came to sacks. Cameron Judge, I mean, sealed first place for for the Riders in 2019 uh, <clears throat> with that interception late. Uh, you know, huge addition by subtraction in Sam Hurl. Uh, and then... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm, man, I I'm thought sorry. we were past the Sam Hurl jokes. Now I feel <laughs> I'll really I'll never normal. be past those. Come on. <laughs> you know, and, and Dyshawn Davis, Derek Moncrief, Gagne, Chevrolet, Bartlett, like a lot of linebacker depth gone as well. No kidding. Well, Solomon Alamimian uh, retiring, and he, mm. he played he played great uh, yeah. in uh, in that year. I'm, they've lost a lot. 
On and yes. and then you look at the and offensive line. Toronto. Yeah, that's that too. Uh, two <laughs> veteran offensive linemen in Philip Blake and Darius Bladeck. Uh, Thaddeus Coleman. Thaddeus Coleman. He's a free agent right now, and I know Rough Rider fans have been kind of looking what's going to happen here uh, with the offensive line, and that does to me seem like a pretty legitimate concern. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, with William Powell, he's going to hide a lot of he can hide a lot of warts on your offensive line uh, if he if he can run the ball and Cody Fajardo to a point with his mobility and everything. But you know, losing sixty percent of your starters that's not a not a good recipe. And you know, looking at it right now, I I just don't see how they've gotten better. Now, just like Montreal, where Vernon Adams Jr. kind of fell into and earned that starting job throughout the year. The same happened with Cody Fajardo. He was really close mm-hmm. to being out of football, and then by the end of 2019, the Riders knew they had found their franchise guy. Yes. That being said, I, I think Rider fans, well, you love the style he plays. He might have to change that a little bit as the full-time guy, no? How many times have we said that about quarterbacks, though? That's where, true. You, know, they, you can't change them. <laughs> can't can't if if you change the way he's playing so that you know he he can play longer. Yeah, you're not going to have the same guy. That's true. He had over 600 rushing yards in 2019, including 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He he led the CFL in passing, so he was able to stay on the field despite the punishment. He took, but I mean, if he's going to rush for another 600 yards, <laughs> I hope he's got the ibuprofen uh, ready to go in the medicine cabinet. Uh, it's 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 football. It's Toradol. And then they wonder why so many guys have drug dependency problems. I'm not uh, up to date on the uh, over-the-counter or prescription uh, painkillers. Oh, you can't get that stuff over-the-counter. <laughs> that is an opioid. <laughs> okay. I'm not on the... I'm not up to date on many drugs, if I'm being honest. Uh, so I will go to our resident opioid uh, experts, Brazilian tie on that one, and I will take his I, word I was for afraid it. you were going to call me an abuser. <laughs> you know what? You just look at his rushing stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first five games in 2019, Fajardo had a rushing score. And if he can yep. still do that, I mean... He'd be a pretty good fantasy option if the offense is able to sort of pick up where they left off because it was yeah. coming off a couple lean years <laughs> as far as offensive mm-hmm. ball went in Saskatchewan. Well, they lose Marcus Aikman and Christian Jones. And that, this is from opening day, just trying to find, you know, the last week of actual starters is such a pain in the ass on this on these websites, um, which, I mean, not huge parts of the offense, but then you got Katie Cannon, Corey Watson, Radford, Max Zimmerman, Roosevelt gone. I mean, those guys are pretty serviceable uh, when it comes to catching the football, but you still have Shaq Evans. You still have Kyron Moore and, you know, Justin McInnes. Uh, these are guys that can play in this league and have proven it. Uh, you know, Shaq Evans probably going to go for a thousand yards. Kyron Moore is going to be right behind him. And with Fajardo's threat of running, it could open up a lot of uh, other options for this offense. Well, the question is, is who's going to be the number three target in Saskatchewan, right? Um, Navin Roosevelt had over 100 targets in 2019. So there's an opening there. The offense 
obviously wants to see Jordan Williams Lambert return mm-hmm. to the form that we saw before. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty eight pounds. He's a big guy. If he can pick up where he was before he went to and spent some time in the NFL with the Chicago Bears, the Riders will be very, Stop very it. happy. Um I know people are excited to see Braden uh, Linnaeus, a six foot mm-hmm. five. 230 pounds. Actually, maybe they didn't update on the website because apparently he came into camp 26 pounds lighter. Just oh my ripped. God. So he might be uh, a good Canadian big target there. But it's wide open for who's going to be the number three target in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Maybe Williams Lambert is the safe bet right now. Uh, but, I mean, Jake Hardy wants to channel his inner Rob Bag. Yep. He's coming off that second knee injury. Uh, I guess he's looked good in camp. People excited about Terrell Janna as well. There's a lot of, you know, Canadian receiver depth if one of them can break through in Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've <laughs> seen, like, it's, Jake Hardy isn't isn't a world beater. I mean, he's never, he, he was never, was and never will be a number one receiver. Right. But he, he can fit into almost any offensive scheme. He's like a, he's like a Swiss Army knife, and he can do what you need him to do, you know, catching the football and moving the chains. Uh, you know, Jordan Williams-Lambert, we saw flashes of it when he was here uh, before he left for the NFL. I, I think that's your safe pick. Uh, I just... You, you almost want Picton to do something just because... I agree. I, of I his, think... Of his name. But you know, you just know that man. That's that's a long stretch uh, <laughs> to come in and just you know be a world beater. But yeah, between Shaq and Kyron Moore, you know that third, whoever that third option is, I think they're going to get a lot of looks because teams are going to have to key in on Shaq Evans. There's going to be a lot of doubles and a lot of brackets. And same with Kyron Moore, they're going to have to shut them down. And, and Cody's going to have to look for somebody else to to carry the water. Sometimes I still do worry about. Uh... The defense, and I, I know you still got Micah oh. Johnson and Mac Henry in the middle of the defensive line, and on mm-hmm. you know the outside, there's AC Leonard there, and uh, Freddie Bishop is there, or did he not just get hurt? Um, so <laughs> the DBs are going to have to play their best ball, and I know there is some talent mm-hmm. in the defensive backfield, and uh, Luches Purifoy and. Nick Marshall yeah, and Mike Adam, they can punish you, but yep. <laughs> they're going to have to be on their best. Yeah, and like you look at the secondary, it's not like the names you mentioned in Ganey, Adam, Perfor. These guys aren't young. That's true. That's true. Um, and I'm not saying that you know they're not going to be any good, but at some point it catches up, whether it's injury or you know losing a step. So I mean, that's going to have to be something that. You know, they're gonna, we're going to have to keep an eye on. I mean, if guys are getting beat uh, and the Riders are going to have to go to a shootout every week, yeah, I like. do I like their chances? To a point, but that's not sustainable either. Uh, the If the defensive line can get pressure with four, which, I mean, with the losses they've had, I mean, when you had Charleston Hughes, like sending four was no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> right? It, it was like, well, it's like sending six. But if they can, you know, if they can sustain pressure with four and, you know, you're able to drop enough guys back where doubles and brackets and all that stuff, it it makes it a lot easier in your secondary. So the secondary play, it, it 
defense is just so intertwined, right? And, and offense too. The running game isn't going to work without a good O line. So uh, the the defensive line, if they can take a lot of pressure off the secondary, uh, it's going to make their job a lot easier. You brought up O line, and I know you're referring to. Uh opposing offensive lines but the depth right now on Saskatchewan's mm-hmm. offensive line took a big hit um Labatt mm-hmm. sitting the year out Bladeck gone <laughs> Blake gone <laughs> if there's a f- injury or two it's rough they have to they have to resign Coleman they have to there might be a bidding war for him <laughs> right like <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven. Seven offensive linemen on the active roster right now. Mm-hmm. Boyko, Clark, Ferlin, Johnson, uh, Matt Land, Riley, Josiah St. John, and, and Taryn Vaughn. You know, any one of those starters goes down. I, Man. Who, the other question is, who are your five starters? Yeah, the, the, it looks like they're still figuring that out. I mean... Johnson, Vaughn, and Clark days. are, you know, penciled in. Yeah, you you play in four days. You've had three weeks of camp. We don't have it figured out yet. Uh oh, is August an yeah. extension of training camp? Let's be real. <laughs> oh, it might be for, like for Ottawa. This whole year is training camp. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 for and for Edmonton, week one is still training camp. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, the first week or two for some of these teams might be just so they can get you know a couple more looks at guys before they decide what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, two games if you if you start your own two, you're not out of it. Nope, no way by any means, right? So I, I and I I mean, teams are always going to play to win, but if they have a chance to look at somebody, I think they're going to take it here early in the year. Well, and Saskatchewan started 2019. 0-2 with uh, a loss to Hamilton mm-hmm. and then a loss to Ottawa where Dom Davis looked like yeah. Doug Flutie. Um. <laughs> and I told everybody to just Chikai. <laughs> William Powell had 12 TDs and 19. Fajardo added double digits. I mean, if those guys can combine for mm-hmm. 20 rushing TDs again, I think the Riders will be very happy with that if they can get that running game going. On to second with the uh, a team that struggled with the rushing game but still finished second, had the home playoff game in 2019, the 12-6 Calgary Stampeders losing in the West Semi to the Bombers. Calgary is another one of those teams where there's a lot of departures. And you mm-hmm. you look at the secondary, Trey Roberson, Brandon Smith, Courtney Steven, all gone, but... This is so weird to say. It's almost like the injuries in 2019 were a bit of a blessing coming into this year because a lot of guys were able to gain experience both on receiver and at DB by being able to get into games. And then they can, you know, make your active roster and they're a little cheaper because they're not making veteran money. Yeah. That, that's the way Calgary does so, it, though, right? Again, <laughs> again, everything just works out perfectly for the best run franchise in the league. Yeah, yeah, right. And if I'm Calgary, and you know everybody hates you, it's they hate us because they ain't us. Oh, hundred percent. It's one hundred percent what it is. It it's it's not even fair how well this worked out. Well, I mean, you look at the DBs they lost. 
and they mm-hmm. they were able to bring in Richard Leonard. That was a big one. But the yeah. Sean Amos is still there. Jamar Wall is still there. Royce Mechie was starting to play in 2019. Raheem Wilson is there. They still have such a good group. And I remember starting that year, and the defensive line in Calgary was a big concern, but they were able to just put it together. They, <laughs> yeah. Because they forced turnover after turnover after turnover. If they can have half as many turnovers as they forced in that year, I, I think they'll be pretty oh. happy. <laughs> yeah, there will be no complaints coming from anybody on that roster or in that in that organization. I think where they want to improve is definitely in the rushing game, though. Uh, their mm-hmm. rushing offense was dead last. Just over 71 yards per game. Kadeem Carey was on pace for 1,000 yards. Ended up getting hurt, but he comes into this year healthy. Looks like he has the job for Calgary. Again, if he can stay healthy, that'll be big for Bo Levi Mitchell in that offense. For sure. Uh, You know, after Kadeem Carey, you have William Langay, Charlie Power, uh, Malinovich Leader. Like, I mean, not a lot of game-breaker depth. Like, we've seen what Carey can do. If he can stay healthy... There, there's no reason he can't be one of the top running backs in this league. I guess you sh- you could replace Power with uh, McCarty. <laughs> if he he's on the suspended list. Oh, they put it. That's where they put him. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of like Toronto with their practice roster. <laughs> if Bo Mitchell gets hurt again, there's no Nick Arbuckle mm-hmm. to come in. Nope. And the receiving core is. You just look at the. The losses. Oh my god! And you could have been like, "Whoa, you know that's a that's an all star receiving core with Reggie Bagleton going to the NFL, Eric Rogers, Jawan Breskison going to uh, Toronto, the, the all star team over there." But now yeah. Kamar Jordan is back, and in 2018, before he got hurt, right around Labor Day, he had 944 yards in 10 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to keep that pace up again, but if he's anything close to that, Bo is going to yeah. be happy. <laughs> right, and you look at the guys that they lost, but, I mean, like you said, Kamar Jordan comes back. Marquise Ambles is still there. Hergie Mayala is still there. Uh, Richard Sindani, who we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of, but, I mean, that name keeps popping up everywhere. It seems like the last three years his name has been on a roster somewhere. Whether mm-hmm. it's you know active roster that just special teams or it's practice roster, but he's obviously getting reps, and there's a reason they want to keep him around. Uh, they still have a really good receiving core, even after losing Rogers, Breskison, and Bagleton. And like this, this team just keeps replenishing, and they never rebuild; they just retool. Mm-hmm. And Bo could have another huge year. Yeah, that's big. I, I know he's been dealing with some soreness in training camp, but missing the seven games last year, and uh, maybe he would have been uh, iffy if they played in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's probably going to be as ready as he's ever going to be in 2021, yeah. and uh, he, he's able to spread that ball around. I'm really excited to see uh, Herji Mayala, how he's going to build off of is 2019. He ended that season amazing. On fire. <laughs> and I actually think this year there is some potential for some big years from Canadian mm-hmm. receivers. He's only 
25 years old, um, but he ended the the year great. I remember against Saskatchewan. I don't remember. I'm looking at the stats. I'm not that good. He had uh, two touchdowns against the Riders. He had another two against the Bombers. He had a 100-yard game and a a touchdown against the Lions late in the year. Mm -hmm. He ended that season well, and he could have the first 1,000-yard season of his career. The only the only issue that I could see getting in the way of that is spreading the ball around, right? Because it seems week to week, this offense in the last five years, it's not like they have a number one, mm-hmm. except for when you know when it was Eric Rodgers. You, I mean, there were weeks where there was no question he was getting the ball every other play, but you know, we we go over it every time we do game previews and talk about our fantasy lineups that we we don't know who to take from Calgary because you, you can't take the guy who had a big week the week before. Because he's mm-hmm. not getting the ball this week, right? So I, I could, but so I could see. I, I totally understand. I totally agree with you that he could have a thousand yard season. But the only the only thing I see getting in their way is the system. But with the names that they've lost, you know, between him and Ambles, I mean, those are probably your and uh, and Kamar Jordan. I mean, those three guys. If you're going every if you're Every three weeks, you're getting a heavy dose, you know, as kind of average it out. I, I don't see an issue with him getting a thousand yards at all. Calgary's uh, big strength is their continuity. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's no mistake. Yeah, that's also Saskatchewan's strength now, and that's also Winnipeg's mm-hmm. strength. Who finished eleven and seven in 2019? They won the Grey mm-hmm. Cup. They really didn't lose that much. Kyle Walters probably the GM of the year. I think so. <laughs> if, if, I don't think that's a ward, but <laughs> like I mean, the the defense is like you lose Craig Rowe, okay. You lose Winston Rose, Jeff Hack, Marcus Sales, okay. I mean, other than that, you still have you still have Willie Jefferson, Jeff Coat, you know. Big Hill. Big Hill? Like, that defense, like, I mean, you don't need the greatest secondary uh, with with those guys in your front seven. Like, it's just, it's it's almost not fair. I, I know they lose Drake Nevis to Toronto, but... They gave up less than 65 rushing yards mm-hmm. a game in 2019. Mm-hmm. That in the CFL is... Actually, like it's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nuts. I don't know if they could replace that, but that is something impressive. Yeah. If they're able to be anywhere close, well, I to mean, that. when your one defensive end has a reach of thirteen and a half feet, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited to watch that guy play football again. Remember when he was like, a rider for like one season? Yeah, and I and I got yeah, a jersey. Wasn't that the best? With Charleston Hughes? Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Speaking of not even fair. Uh, <laughs> I want to see if the Bombers can finally develop a passing nope. game. Zach Kalaros finally has a uh, training camp under his belt. They averaged right around 212 passing yards a game in 2019. That seems high. Sometimes when you look at the, st- <laughs> but when you look at the stats of this team, it's like this is a great cup champ. But yes, Dude. 
They are the great cup champs. Baltimore Ravens with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> okay, Ty, can you name the last uh, running back to win uh, four rushing titles in a row? Um, would it be Roberts? No, it was uh, Mike Pringle. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I figured that was too easy, so. <laughs> Only running one running back has done it five times, and that was George Reed, the incomparable wow. George Reed. Yeah. Um, the GOAT. Is Andrew Harris in danger of not nope. uh, winning the rushing title this year? Ooh. He might miss. Well, it looks like he's probably going to miss at least week one. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not going to throw the ball. <laughs> I mean that's fair, <laughs> right? Like Hamilton's. I, I don't see. I don't see any one of Hamilton's running backs challenging. I William Stanback, if he stays healthy, maybe. But I, I just don't. I, nobody is showing the consistency that Andrew Harris has for obvious reasons. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, even missing a game or two, I think he still gets it. No problem. I think the thousand thousand talk is done though. Yeah, that's that's probably done. But I I think if I think there's some running backs that could or and will Powell. challenge him. I mean, there is Powell. They they started giving him the ball less towards the end of 2019. Yeah. I think trying to maybe preserve him a little bit. Um I think Shaq Cooper in BC is upside. Could Kadeem Carey if he can stay healthy, John White in Toronto. Uh, I think th- there might be an interesting race for the rushing title this year, and maybe he uh, gets knocked off the throne a little bit here. If you're playing fantasy in this week, I think you might want to watch for Brady Olive- Oliveira and uh, Johnny Augustine here. Oliveira ended up having the leg injury early in 2019, so he missed the whole season. Those guys are both 3,000 and under on the CFL Fantasy yeah. website, so... Watch for that. Kenny the King Lawler averaged just under 15 yards a catch in 2019. I mean, he seems yeah, like well, he's a 1,000-yard so receiver it, to me. What does that average out to, 13, 13 yards after catch? <laughs> Kenny Lawler might be. Uh, yeah. Well, he needs to step up. They can't just keep going with one guy the whole time in uh, Darwin no. Adams. Um, so no, and it's, like I mean, Darwin Adams is there. You still have Nick Dembski, Wolitarski, Kenny Law. Like I mean, there's guys there, but I think Kenny Waller is going to be the one that you know kind of rises rises to the top. And him and Darwin Adams can be a really good one-two punch. And I think they both can hit a thousand yards. A lot of people very excited about Kelvin McKnight. 24-year-old that uh, ended up being one of the final cuts from Denver in uh, 2019. He was at, or he was at their 2020. So he's used to to playing without a quarterback. (laughs) McKnight ended up seeing uh, reps in the number one offense during training camp. We'll see if he gets on the field this year. I know Zach Caleros has said he's had... Uh, an unbelievable camp as well. So maybe there is going to be uh, a receiving core to be excited about in Winnipeg for the first time, I, I think, in a long time. Maybe they've had talent there, but really nobody, and 
an offense that really wasn't designed yeah. to get them the ball, right? Since since Milt. Right? <laughs> really? I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I know it sounds crazy because he still looks yeah. like he can play. So maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, you're going to stack nine guys in the box. What are you expecting to happen? Yeah. <laughs> There's Winnipeg as they uh, start their title defense coming up here on Thursday. The Edmonton Elks finished 8-10 and in 2019. Fourth place, losing in the East Final. The over-under here at five and a half wins. That has to be one of the most obvious overs this year, no? Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Like it's free money. I, that That is definitely easy money here. Now, if you just looked... At the departures from this team, you would say, ooh, that's rough. (laughs) (laughs) On both sides of the ball. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, Larry Dean, gone. Uh, Forest Hightower, I know that was a tough one for them. Don Unamba, Colhoun, no longer there. Taekwon Glass, Godfrey Onyeka, Anthony Orange, Josh Johnson's a bomber. Jordan Hoover, Money Hunter, Nick Usher, Almondo Sewell. Like, what's going on? Are these guys not cultural fits or what? Oh, man. Uh, you know, a new coaching staff that is, you know, didn't see the old group play and hadn't seen those guys play, so why not, right? Um, Jonathan Rose is now there. Maybe this five and a half isn't such easy money. Is, is pushing referees over a cultural fit in Edmonton? Um <laughs> Okay, dude, the horse is dead. <laughs> That's my specialty. Oh, I'm well aware. We're in a, we're in, we're in a couple group chats together. My wife's well aware, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron Grimes is back in Edmonton. They got Jermaine Gabriel, oh, Canadian Perfect, because that's exactly what they need is so that the opposing quarterback knows who to throw to. <laughs> Oh. I've never seen a guy celebrate so much for overthrows. It's like you did nothing. <laughs> but there's going to be new faces in the linebacking core. Um, the mm-hmm. defensive line, maybe there's some familiar guys there. The DBs have definitely changed around a little bit. But when you look over at the offensive side, they're going to be an offense to be reckoned with. And uh, their offensive line basically stayed intact. Sir Vincent is back. Jacob Ruby's still there. Matt O'Donnell there. David Beard yep. still there. Kyle Saxlid is there. Yep. You look at the size of these guys too. They, uh, I mean, we don't have the stats. Average height of eight foot, probably three fifty. <laughs> they must have one of the biggest offensive lines in the league, and of course, they want to protect uh, Trevor Harris, who only got sacked eight times. In 2019. I feel, like, I feel like that's not true. <laughs> well, I, I didn't make that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but part of it is him, the, how fast he gets the ball off, right? Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. The big thing here, I think, is that they want to finish drives. There was a lot of field goal kicking, a lot of dumb penalties taken in 2019 that 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 kind of was the theme in Edmonton over the previous yep. few years but the regime yeah hey, get get ready Saskatchewan 
<laughs> well, you, you, thought just... you, loved, you thought you loved punt singles. <laughs> just look at the receiving core now. Greg Ellingson and uh, Darrell Walker, two of the mm-hmm. top three receivers in CFL receiving yardage in the past five or six years. Armani Edwards yep. is there. He's a reliable guy. And uh, Tavon Smith started coming on towards the end of 20, uh, 2019. Shy Ross yep. can do backflips and dunk Oreo cookies. I mean, if that doesn't translate onto a football field, I don't know what will. <laughs> and then finally, uh, at running back, you got it. I don't think we see. Maybe we do. Um. The James Wilder Jr. of 2017. That's what they're hoping for. Because 18 and 19 wasn't very pretty. No, and it's not like he has the most admirable personality. But he's a cultural fit? Like that, at this point, that that's not a that's not beating it at horse. That, that's a legit question. <laughs> when it comes to James Wilder Jr., yeah, I think it is too. Uh, I think it is too. But if, if if he's putting up numbers and they're winning football games, I don't think they're going to care. That's the thing. Winning is uh, the culture. That, winning cures. Winning cures all. It does. It does. You can be eighteen million dollars over salary cap, and if you win a Stanley Cup, nobody gives. It. Yep. In Toronto, he was able to. Like, when he played 17 games in 2017 and 2018, he mm-hmm. had over 500 yards receiving. Yep. I mean, a dual threat. if he can add that for Edmonton as well, I think Trevor Harris might get sacked four times this year. Okay, you know, I'm sold. Like, this, this is an easy 5.5 over. I don't want to spoil the uh, predictions we make on Thursday for week one, but I, I think Edmonton's going to the Grey Cup. Whoa. <laughs> that, is, that is bold, my friend. I didn't say they're winning. Well, no, we don't <laughs> want to give them the satisfaction. <laughs> Maybe I'm just rewinding the clock uh, back to the last Grey Cup in Edmonton, but I, I don't I don't see Toronto on the other side, so maybe not quite. But Ottawa, <laughs> dude, if it's Edmonton, Ottawa, and Ottawa wins the Grey Cup, I will eat my shorts. If if that's if that happens, I'm calling. I'm calling in sick. <laughs> Edmonton's got. It looks like on paper, maybe the most potent offense. Yep. in the CFL, Trevor Harris well, comes into this year. Well, you want to say Hamilton. One one and one A, right? Man, look at the names Toronto has. Yeah, I just I'm I don't know how they're gonna come together. That that's all. That's all. Yeah, there's no cotton. There's no roster continuity there. That's all. Um, that's, that, yeah, I get that. I guess there's a lot of changes in Edmonton too, but uh, but I mean, you still have your ba- like your O line didn't change. Yeah, you yeah. Still the same quarterback. You have a, the you know, three or four veteran receivers that are still like, I mean, yeah, stuff changed, but I mean, the stuff that had, that should be staying the same did. The Elks are going to be a fun, fun team to watch, even though they paid a coach $400,000 to never coach a game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, between, how do I get that deal? Between 2019 and now. That's true. They they come into the year with a brand new head coach and Jamie Elizondo, but it, it's kind of weird. I'm sitting here now and it, it feels so familiar that he's been with this team a long time, but uh, they are the team in the, the West, as far as coaching goes, that maybe had the second most change. BC, the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. The most change. And... A lot of change. Five and thirteen in twenty nineteen. They were last in the West. Their over under and wins is also five and a half. But man, this is a this is a team that went through a lot in the offseason as well. Their owner passed away, David Braley. Devon Claybrooks gets fired. Ed Hervey resigns after the whole mess with the Michael Riley contract situation. It's the fifth coach in BC in seven years. And Edmonton and BC share a struggle here. Edmonton was three and seven against West Division opponents. Yeah. In 2019, BC, 0 and 10. <laughs> if they, man, if they win just like Edmonton did, three to five of those games. It's a completely different team. It needs to start with yeah. them winning games against Western opponents. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit that was the East, I don't know if that's going to be there anymore. I mean, yeah, you're going to go 2-0 against Ottawa. Everybody should. Ottawa should go 0-14. But you have the Riders. You have the Stampeders, the Eskimos, the Bombers to play. You There's no, no easy games in this West division. Uh you know, and going 0 and 10, that's not going to work. Uh, you have you have to play 500 inside the West and win all your games against the East. It, that, that's the way this West division is turning into. You have to, you have to split. You have to get splits, and if you play a team three times, you have to win that series two to one. Because uh, if you have a if you have a bad enough record inside your, inside this division, there's no chance. There's no chance. You have to be at least 500. It seems. To, to be in the mm-hmm. you know, to be in the West playoffs, yeah, you can you can go three and seven and get the crossover, but do you really want to be going cross country to play in Montreal, Toronto? If if that's the way that works the out, the crossover I, is I, not I fun. To. I know there there used to be this no. fantasy saying it's the easy way to go. <laughs> There's a but, reason. But nobody's for that. ever done it. Hundred uh, percent. There is a reason yeah. for that. Now. A lot will look to the defensive departures in, you know, in Odell Willis, Sean mm-hmm. Lemon, Davon Coleman at defensive line. But their defensive line did not perform in 2019. They had 28 sacks. Can you guess how many defensive linemen that were on the opening day roster Is are coming back? Zero? <laughs> It is zero. Wow. So they've definitely made an effort to, to, to turn that whole thing around, and they need to get her done. Uh, there's going to be some new names we're going to be watching in BC on defensive line. J.R. Tavai was in uh, Ottawa. I, I like the way he plays football. He's now a BC Lion. Um, they need to get to the quarterback. That, that mm-hmm. That's the bottom line, and I know that mm-hmm. sounds very obvious, but... <laughs> compared to 2019 that, that can't happen again i mean that that group has to be so happy like during that season during the 2019 season they had to be so happy that the o-line was as bad as it was because they <laughs> never got talked about that's true 
Because Michael Riley was getting hammered. Yeah. And not like not like me on a long weekend. Like he was getting hit. <laughs> well, and, and not even like Cody Fajardo passed the line of scrimmage. Like the yeah. guys were on top of him in two seconds. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a tur- they they were turnstile. Yeah. It it was it was rough. Now th- there are some offensive linemen that were there in twenty nineteen that are still mm-hmm. there. Suk Chung, Joel Figueroa, Peter Godber. But they're able to bring in Riker Matthews from Hamilton. Um, And halfway through the season, they did change uh, their offensive line coach. It was able, it was Brian Chu, I think, that started the year as the coach in uh, of the offensive line in BC. And I think he got he got blamed for a lot of the issues when they made the change. They they did improve as the season went on. But also, there wasn't as much support in the receiving core for uh, Riley. Now they do have that because Brian Burnham, I don't know, you want to call him a lock for 14 or 1,500 yards? That's what he had, and he had 1,492 yards in 2019. Lamar Durant had his best season as a professional in 2019. Shaq Johnson really came on as the season went on, but they also bring in Dominique Rimes and Lucky Whitehead. Rimes had a thousand yards in Ottawa in 2019. Right. <laughs> the key word in there is Ottawa. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and don't I? Lucky Whitehead and Chris Rainey coming back. I I don't think that that is like I don't want to say it's not by accident because it's obviously not, but this team didn't have very good starting field position last year either. They were behind the eight ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And with Whitehead and Rainey there for on the return game, that's going to change a lot for this offense. Whitehead, according to people that have been watching training camp in BC, has had a very good camp. And I'm sure Riley, maybe they'll use him as an mm-hmm. escape valve. Like he can fly all over the field, and if you can get him the ball and get him in space – he can he can make things happen there, and I I'm a fan of Shaq Cooper uh, a, a, yeah. as running back there. He kind of had the dropsies a little bit, maybe putting the ball on the ground too much by Edmonton. Mm-hmm. But he's another guy. If you can get him the ball, then yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make yeah. things happen. And when he was able to get into uh, the starting role a little bit for Edmonton, then. He was able to to make things happen. He had over five yards of carry. And if you can do that, you're going to be a very yep. good starting running back and putting your offense into good position for second down. And and Rainey there to spell him as well can, you know, dual threat out of the out of the backfield. He doesn't run nearly as much as Cooper would, but we've seen him catch swing passes and turn those into, you know, yeah. between five to fifteen yard plays all the time. Uh this wide receiver core with, like you said, Burnham. Uh, Shaq Johnson, they bring in Lucky Whitehead, Dominique Rimes. They still have Javon Katoy. Uh, you know, they they lose probably addition by subtraction, much like Sam Hurl and Deron Carter. It takes a <laughs> like that's just such a huge distraction gone. I, I if this O line is able to protect Michael Riley and keep him upright for two more seconds or a second and a half longer than they did in 2019, yeah. 
Got they can, they can put up some – right? That, that's really all it needs. That's, that's always like that much for Mike O'Reilly. Yeah. I, that yeah. makes a huge difference, right? Um, it, this, this receiving court can put up some big numbers. And that's the thing here. And hopefully they get some continuity here. The, the, the Rick mm-hmm. Campbell regime, if they can put together a much better year, at least entertaining football, because I think succeeding off the field. Those were hard games to watch. It was. It was. I mean, you, you get this brand-new quarterback, and I'm not going to blame him. He did throw a lot of interceptions, but I think the poor guy is probably shell-shocked. <laughs> right. I, I, you see the... The things in common between BC, Toronto, and Montreal, I still think if you had teams like that that had a new coach every year, they couldn't get dude, a quarterback, they're playing Dude, I'm an Oilers fan. What are you ta- <laughs> what are you talking about? But I'm saying if that was in, you know, the prairies they probably and I know Ryder fans will say, Oh, we support our team till, you know, the very, very yeah. end. If, if the Riders had seven coaches in five years, they would have burnt Mosaic Stadium down already. <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't think you are. And, and I don't right. know why why that seems to happen. <laughs> you can look. I don't know why those teams can stay consistently bad with changes year after year mm-hmm. after year. You can see why the fan support isn't there. Yep. Like, if you're going to be bad... The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Yeah. If you can be entertaining, like Montreal was in 2019, yeah, they were still maybe a a 500 team. At at the same time, it couldn't get worse than what it was. Yeah, that's... (laughs) It's like, oh, look. (laughs) Oh, look, Mike Sherman doesn't know how to use his headset. (laughs) But if, if BC... I don't know if they do 500 or a game under 500 and they go into next year and Rick Campbell's there again, then finally yeah. it's something to build off of. Yes. If they're, if, if they're, if you're having that constant turnover, do you know how hard it is to, to attract players and staff? Oh yeah. That's a big factor. Who's going to want to go? Who's going to want to go there? If, if, Rick can, if they can, like you said, if they go, what? Seven and seven, six and eight. Okay, maybe miss, maybe get a crossover, which I, I don't see a crossover happening this year. Uh, you know, and Rick Campbell, they, they keep them. They're able to retain some talent. People are going to be like, oh, maybe BC's caught on to something here and there's going to be a little continuity in player, players and staff and, and, you know, stuff like that. It's going to start not necessarily wanting to go there, but be open to the idea. You know, they might have to overpay a little bit here and there, but they're not going to have to throw money at, like they did at Michael Riley. Well, you know, it's been a source of discussion in you know a Toronto where the CFL salary mm-hmm. is not the biggest salary it's not an NHL or an NFL where you can basically live wherever you want yeah. but they don't have any troubles attracting players because it's Toronto Vancouver should yeah. be able to attract players just the same way but if they look at the system and they see what's going on maybe they don't want to play there yeah like, i mean the the city can be as nice as you want but i mean guys I mean, for the for the most part, don't want to just go and collect a paycheck and lose every game. These guys are competitors, right? Yeah. The, the paycheck is a bonus, but, I mean, if you can win and get paid to do it, isn't that a little better? 
than getting beat up day in, day out with nothing to show for it. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation, proudly supporting community needs for 65 years. Everyone wants to feel a sense of belonging. Now, more than ever, we are united by a desire to take action and help others by creating a community built on kindness and compassion. From small creative projects to larger citizen-led initiatives, the Calgary Foundation provides grassroots grants to encourage and support people who want to create and strengthen bonds between neighbors and communities. If you've got an idea to improve, enhance, or revitalize your community or neighborhood, visit calgaryfoundation.org to find out more about the Foundation's grant opportunities and visit the Calgary Foundation's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channel. There it is. The West Division preview is in the books. Thursday, baby. Week one is underway. A 2019 Grey Cup rematch. We will be back that morning. The show's going to drop at... We'll say 6 a.m. Eastern. It's going to be tough to get that one in time, but we're going to do it. <laughs> I am not. I am not looking forward to this to these preview shows this year. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Oh, well, yeah. That's that's one way to put it. But it will be exhausting at the same time. We'll have our predictions in for you on Thursday. You can rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.